Welcome to the news and why it matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez. Uh, you may notice, looks a little bit different behind me. We have a, a brand new set and we are so excited about it. Yeah, Glenn, what's the top story? Uh, top story is um, how people are missing how evil we are becoming. <laughs> Is that? Wow, uh, it's just a, it's a hard, it's a, you, you hit the ground running here in the new studios. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with the border. There's some updates there that are fascinating to me. Okay, and Jason Buttrell. The worst fighting in Israel, in the Israel-Gaza border, in at least five years. Uh, really, really bad. Oh, and also why I am extremely pissed off at Israel right now. Netanyahu in particular. Oh, mm. all right. Uh, Jason, I have to say your outfit looks spectacular today. I spent a long time getting dressed today. And I was he like, shows up in a t-shirt. <laughs> and I'm like, Jason, can you throw on a shirt? And he's like, I don't know. I just rolled out of bed. Uh, you're lucky I'm here. Thanks so much for, for yeah. dressing up for us, Jason. I got your back. Uh, a lot to get into. First, we want to thank our sponsor, American Financing. Glenn, I know you were a little bit hesitant to work with a financing uh, company. Yeah, because I feel the same way now that I did back then. The, the trouble is coming. Real real financial trouble is coming. And uh, as we will see here in a minute with all of the topics, uh, it's right around the corner. And in 2007, American Financing approached me and said, hey, we'd like you to voice our commercials. And I said, not a chance in hell, because you all are screwing this country and screwing people, and it's all going to come undone. And they said, not us. We agree with you. That's why we want you to endorse us, because we listen to you and we agree with you. When the financial collapse happened, they didn't have problems. Um, they weren't asking for a handout, and they didn't need one, and and the people who had loans for them were not having problems because they work for you. They're not trying to sell you a mortgage. They're trying to find the right mortgage for you. That's a huge difference. So call them, American Financing at AmericanFinancing.net, AmericanFinancing.net. All right, Glenn, you said uh, people are missing how evil we're becoming. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm struck by how crazy the world is this weekend how clearly the sides are being drawn and nobody's really noticing it you know if you look at israel okay 700 rockets started by hamas shooting israel response they they send over 700 rockets they're blowing up children and schools and everything else okay I can see that because that's typical. We're seeing it over and over and over again. People have already made their decisions. However, we have Elon Omar. We have, what's her name? Rashida uh, Tlaib. Yeah, Rashida Tlaib. She comes out as well. They're both supporting the Palestinians. Um, um, Omar is on television this weekend saying uh, that it shouldn't even be a Jewish state. Talib is is out saying, you know, we have to protect our Jewish people. And that's not even really, to me, the, the big story on the evil. Uh, you've got Code Pink taking over the Venezuelan embassy in New York. They've had it since maybe January. As soon as the United States said Maduro is not the, the, uh, the real president, you have to leave 
All of the Maduro people left the embassy. Code Pink went in and occupied the Venezuelan embassy. Now Venezuelans, and they're all white. Here comes these Venezuelans who want them out of the embassy and want Maduro out. They're arguing for Maduro. The left is arguing for Maduro. It was example after example after example. People shouting their abortions. I know you're going to play some audio you know, uh, where women are just out in the streets saying, I'm proud of my abortion. What the hell is happening? And how is it that so many people cannot see how bright the line is becoming? Mm. The, uh, Jason, I know this is Israel is your top story. Uh, again, well, before you go to that, go ahead and say what you're going to say. Um, then I just lost my train of thought when I was in it. It was something. It was something else amazing. But the yeah. the, the 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 Israel thing that Glenn the Glenn laid out uh, is absolutely ridiculous. Especially uh, the the reaction coming from um, uh, people, members of our Congress. And uh, I was uh, do we have that tweet from uh, Ilan Omar? I uh, I asked him to pull. Yeah. So from Ilan Omar, she was like, she goes, how many more protesters must be shot? Rockets must be fired. And little kids be killed until the endless cycle of violence and the status quo of occupation. Remember that for a second. Mm. And humanitarian crisis in Gaza is unsustainable. And a lot of people kind of miss this one right here. But only real justice can bring about security and lasting peace. Mm. What does she mean by only real justice? I mean, because to me, it sounds almost like she's inciting more of what's going on right now. More and more rockets being fired in a, in a higher escalation. This is that is an incredibly irresponsible thing to say from a sitting member of Congress. That is absolutely insane. But for the second part, the occupation. No occupation troops in Gaza. There haven't been for a very, very long time. There is a blockade going on. Um, but, but that blockade is because of Iran. We're sending an Air Force carrier group to make a statement to Iran. I don't think people really understand how close we are to the edge. Every day, it seems, we creep closer to every single problem just putting more chips on the table. Oh, and what I remember what I was about to say earlier is that the, the real reason why, like, if you have people like Code Pink and they're, they're going in and doing these things, like you said, there are a bunch of white people that are tell, trying to tell Venezuelans what the real problem is. And what they usually say in unison is it's, you know, it's American colonialism, interventionism, you know, like sanctions, all that stuff. That's the real reason. They have to put the spotlight on that. Because if the spotlight is over on this hand, you can't see what the real problem is. And what they don't want you to know is it's socialism. That's the real reason why uh, everything is failing. That's why people are starving. That's why three million people have fled the country, and it's rivaling the same uh, migrant crisis over in the Middle East. We still have we still have a problem on the border. The border problem is getting worse and worse and worse. People aren't recognizing that for what that is. That is now we're into kidnapping. You know, you heard the story about the little kid that was found with his name on his shoes. You hear about this? No. Mm. So it was this little boy. They found this little boy. I think he was five, and he was he was in you know off the just off the border. Everybody ran. They left this little five-year-old boy by himself. He just had his name and his address on his shoe. That's the only reason why they knew who he was. He was obviously being used by coyotes or the drug cartel or whoever. To get him across the border. They just abandoned this kid. They're kidnapping kids. They're using kids for sex trafficking. All of this stuff is happening. And we're, we're actually sitting here debating what? What are we debating? We're talking about bar 
were to, the, the mainstream media couldn't be further from the truth if they tried. This is a battle not against flesh and bone. This is about good and evil. And we're not even, nobody's even talking about it. Yeah. To your point on the border with the children, too, they're, what they're seeing now is repeat children. Like five-year-olds come over, mm. they are used to get over the border and, and so they can claim family status. Uh, and then, you know, that gets broken up and they go back across the border and they'll come back in with a totally different family. And look at, They're look like at, a, a hall pass. Look at the other one this, this weekend. There was the, the mosque in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Here's this mosque in Philadelphia. We were at that mosque. I don't know if we were at that. We were at a mosque in Philadelphia. I think I thought it might have been that one, but uh, may, maybe not. But here's a mosque in Philadelphia where they are they are reciting songs and poems about beheading infidels, about taking Jerusalem from the infidels and the dirty Jews, and. The excuse is, <laughs> oh well, we just didn't it, it, we didn't properly vet that. That was a production. Yeah. And that's not like a little thing that you're like, oh, I didn't even catch that. We were talking about beheadings and oops. Oops. Yeah. They had the song memorized yeah. for crying out loud. No, it, 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 and and the media is not reporting it. That and it will be protected by care, who is in bed with Rashid and uh, and and Omar. Omar. And and to wrap that up, uh, if I may, uh, on the Israel thing. Um, this is going to continue to happen. So four Israelis died in this attack. Like you said, it was 600 to 700 rockets. Absolutely insane. It's this a really is really inefficient rocket process they have. <laughs> there is. They're going to continue, but they're getting Thankfully. better. Thankfully, yeah. one of the things that we found on this is they're getting better. Like they, their tunnel network, the Hamas leadership, by and large, was protected. So they're getting, they're building up, they're ramping up for something much, much worse in the future. But this is going to continue to happen, and I'm so pissed off at Netanyahu and Israel for this. They always get hit on, you know, being too strong in their response. No, they didn't respond strong enough, in my opinion. And a lot of this happens around the time when money payments are supposed to come from Qatar going into Gaza. And that money is used, facilitated through Qatar, to pay off uh, Hamas government officials and what they call other, you know, public projects that they're doing. Now, this is getting absolutely ridiculous. Netanyahu will give in every single time. He's being extorted. He's being extorted. He's showing that, that terrorists can bully him into doing whatever they want to, for allowing these payments to go through. Well, now those payments are going through just right on schedule, just like they wanted. When is this going to stop? It's going to stop when they finally go in and root out Hamas. It's awful, but he's got to do it. Yeah. All right, more to come when we come yeah. back. Look at a lot of Netanyahu is a tough off on, uh, yeah. on mainstream media. You, you never get that. You know what? He is. He's they, being they, too smart. They weren't going. Before we get back into the conversation, I want to thank our sponsor, Relief Factor. Um, Relief Factor has done wonders for me, and Glenn, I know it's done amazing things for you for your pain. Relief Factor is uh, the reason why I can. Um, I painted another. In fact, I painted two paintings this weekend. Really? One for my daughter, and uh, one I think I'm going to bring in tomorrow for the for the political season. But uh, I can paint because of Relief Factor. I can use my hands where I couldn't even hold a paintbrush for very long, more than five minutes before Relief Factor. So it's helped me a lot. It's it's crazy to me the amount of people who think that they're just they're in constant pain and they just think that that's just going to be light forever. I thought that was it. It, I mean, it's, it affects your life tremendously. Yeah. Just every single facet of your life. Yeah. It's just you live life just completely depressed and yeah. pissed off at everyone because yeah. you're in constant pain all the time. Yeah, just thought, I thought, uh, everything I wanted to do, I thought, I'm repeating my dad's life. My dad said, 
one day I'm going to retire and play golf. And he never did because he was in too much pain. Yeah. And I thought I'd start early, earlier than he did. And I thought, that's it. But Relief Factor is giving it back to me. So if you are uh, one of those people who you're just living with constant pain and you think that that's just going to be life, try Relief Factor. You can get the three-week quick start pack right now for $19.95. 70% of the people who buy that, they go on to keep purchasing it. It's working for the majority of people. It's working for us. It can work for you. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-500-8384. Jason, you were saying that you you were critical of uh, Netanyahu because you thought that he was not hard enough. Which is something you don't ever hear in the media. We were talking about that off air. Is They always say that it's the exact opposite, that they're heavy-handed. Netanyahu in particular, Israel when they respond. But no, as I was saying before, in my opinion, they're not going strong enough. In fact, nothing is changing. They're just enabling the status quo. Um, I think that the harshest thing I could say about Israel geopolitically is that that definitely kind of works in their favor. Um, and this is the most harshest thing I'll ever say about Israel, um, ever. It'll be right now. The most harshest? The most harshest. Um, <laughs> harshest, harshest. Is, uh, well, he's a writer, too. <laughs> he writes for a living. <laughs> is that um, having Hamas in control of Gaza and having the Palestinian Authority in the West Bank and having them always, like, there, there's, no one, there's no one for Israel to negotiate with. I think that benefits them greatly. Um, so them enabling the status quo kind of helps that to continue indefinitely, or at least for a little bit longer. Um, now, I'm just, that's purely opinion, so I don't know how long that'll last. I don't know if that's their intention. But they give that appearance when they're allowing these payments to go through Qatar, to going to uh, Hamas, for them to continue to do what they're doing. And when they give in uh, constantly, go in, get it done with, otherwise we're going to see more and more weekends like this past weekend. Now, a lot of people have, you know, kind of talked about um, what's really, or haven't really talked about at all, who's really behind this. We have a special coming out pretty soon on Israel. I went to Israel, talked to a bunch of people. I talked to one uh, former intelligence uh, colonel, and I was like, just flat out, like, who is responsible for a lot of the things that we're seeing right now? And she said, just right off the bat, Iran. Iran uh, is paying people they only, that people wouldn't think are paying, like Hamas. They facilitate payments to Hamas. There's another group called Palestinian Islamic Jihad um, that's pretty much fully funded by Iran, gets orders straight from Iran. Uh, there's multiple other groups, but Iran is a big culprit behind, behind all this. One of the targeted attacks this weekend that, um, that Israel did was to uh, one specific guy. He's a, a Hama- big, uh, big high up on the echelon with the Hamas leadership. And he is the facilitator of Iranian payments yeah. to Hamas. Um, so that, that was very, very telling on, I think, who they believe is behind a lot of this. The USS uh, Lincoln uh, just was uh, deployed to the Persian Gulf. They said in a response to something that uh, uh, Iranian threats, um, either they said to, either to U.S. Uh, forces or U.S. allies and interests. And again, I think that is very, very telling as well, because you have all of this going on. You have an Iranian plot, I'm, some, I'm theorizing here, uh, to stoke up tension. If we're there in the, in, the, in the Persian Gulf, that kind of halts the other plans that they have. The grand scheme for whether it's Shia or Sunni to do anything against Israel is to envelop them overwhelmingly on multiple borders. Mm-hmm. You already have a force coming in from Gaza. You've got Hezbollah, again, another Iranian-controlled mm-hmm. proxy. They can, come down from, uh, they can come down from Lebanon. Very, very dire times for Israel right now, and you're starting to see them be a lot more overt in their plans 
and what they want to see happen, you know, coming out in the future. Uh, this is all things that I think could come. I mean, before I couldn't put a date on it, and I'm not going to. I'm just like Glenn. I, I think I'm I'm, I'm going to be bad on timing on this mm -hmm. if, I, if I put a exact time on this. But we're getting close. Mm -hmm. I think we're getting close. I think so too. I said in 2004, Iran is the head of the snake. Remember that? Iran is the head of the snake. If you want to stop terror in the Middle East, you have to pop the head of the snake. And that was my theory on why we went to Iraq. We had Pakistan, or we had Afghanistan here. We had uh, Iran, uh, Iraq here, and we had Iran in the middle. Put the pressure on both sides and pop the head of the snake. And we failed at that. And we only, ex it, we only gave them additional power. But that's the real demon seed in the Middle East. I'll say to you, you said you were bad on timing. I think uh, this could be an example where the, you know, these forces are bad on timing. I mean, there's a, there, could, there are a lot better presidents to try to screw with Israel than Donald Trump. I mean, I, I wouldn't have said that at the beginning, but mm -hmm. I mean, he, this is one thing he seems to really care about. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, I, I, if, I were, if I were thinking to myself, hey, when is a good time to screw with Israel? I'm thinking you wait until mm -hmm. you know, uh, Pete Buttigieg is president or whoever the heck is president if, if, if they win. I certainly wouldn't want to take Trump on on that issue. It's very popular among its base. It's probably one of the issues he's most popular with with Democrats. He has some uh, across-the-aisle support uh, with some people on that. And uh, he has shown that he does, he does not back down in that arena. I, I would not want to challenge him there. Um, before we move on to the United States border, Glenn, how much do you think the ignorance of history contributes to everything that's going on here? You know, you said we don't understand the evil that's going on. We've got, uh, you know, Congress women talking openly about, you know, their Palestinian loyalties. Um, do you think that it's just the ignorance of history here that Americans are not picking up on it? Yeah, I, I think, you know, we're looking at a whole generation that when I say... Bernie Sanders went to the Soviet Union for his honeymoon. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean anything to them. Let me give you historic context. The only other person that I know of in American history that did that was Lee Harvey Oswald. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that, you know, you, once you have context in history, then you're like, oh, Oh, that's a bad, that's thing. A bad thing. They don't know who the Soviet Union is. They don't know who Iran is. They, you, you, you know, you're mocked by saying the 12th Imam and the Caliphate. We know that Caliphate is real. You don't have to believe it, but they do. We know these things to be true. We know them historically. You go back to, I was reading a book. I was up at the ranch and I have all these old books. And it's a, and, and they're atlases from the you know history uh, from like from 1700 to 1800, printed at the time every 10 years, and um, I'm reading it in the late 1800s, and I see about a guy who said he was the 12th Imam, and he was he had come back and he built an army that was starting to sweep northern Africa, and one of the northern African leaders said he's not. The, He's, that's not who he is. This guy is just a bum. Go in, kill him at night. And they killed him at night and it was over. Because obviously you can't be the 12th Imam if you're dead. Um, but they understood the caliphate. We don't. They, you have to understand history uh, because it, it, it is repeating itself. Yeah. Uh, Stu, I imagine your top story is going to be something racist about brown people. Mm, that, is, that is where I'm going, is yes. It? Uh, it's true. Uh, I was fascinated by the whole border situation because now the left is openly calling it a crisis. There was an op-ed in the New York Times today that said, give Trump the border money he wants. Uh, 
the, uh, the New York Times. The, the it's Thomas Friedman's. Wow. That's, that's Friedman's influence on the Times, I'll bet. Maybe, because yeah. this is the editorial board, too, yeah. which is pretty amazing. Now, they're saying they don't want the wall, of course, but what they're saying is uh, he needs this money because this is a legitimate crisis. It's not the same crisis that Trump is talking about, but it's a legitimate crisis. Um, and, and one of the reasons we've been, we, there's kind of this divide of conservatives are saying, like, look, a lot of people are crossing the border and they're using asylum as a way to get access. They're just, everybody who crosses the border is saying asylum because they know this is, you know, a way to get act. It's going to go through, you know, they're going to have at least a couple of years here, probably, until we get this thing sorted out. But then they'll show up when they're supposed to at their hearing. Right, of course, that always happens. And on the other side, the left is saying, hey, well, you know, these are real asylum claims because the situation's really bad in, in Central America. Now, we know there's dr- problems with drugs and, and corruption in, in, in uh, Central and South America. This has been going on for a long time, but that has never risen to the claim, the, the, the level of, uh, asylum claims before. There's very specific types of things that you have to hit. There's specific hurdles you need to clear to get asylum here. And it's never been like that in, in, mm-hmm. in Central America. So what is the new information? What's going on? What's the terrible thing? And if there is a new terrible thing that's causing hundreds of thousands of people to rush the border, why hasn't there been extensive reporting about it in the New York Times? Well, they finally came out with a story today uh, about Honduras, and they showed uh, how terrible things are. And the reason why all these people are, are flooding to our border, and the answer... MS-13, this group that we've been told over and over again has no impact and a bunch of nobodies who do nothing. And you're racist for even mentioning them. For even mentioning them. Now, in the article, which mentions MS-13 39 times as uh, the main chunk of the reason why these people are fleeing, um, is just all their terrible crimes and all the things that are going about it. But let me take it back a little bit. Here's some of the, let me give you three quotes from the media uh, that show you the way MS-13 has been talked about Previously, when conservatives were saying, hey, these guys are a real threat and they're going to cause some problems here. Uh, a couple, just a quick little sampling here of quotes uh, from the media about MS-13 um, that I would uh, love to tell you about uh, whenever you get an opportunity to put them on the screen so I can read them. <laughs> uh, and I can't. They're not they're, there. They, they're basically, what they were saying is they, they were not a big, it was not a big dish, uh, issue. Uh, they were saying, it was, we had the ACLU, we had the Washington Post, and I think it was Joy Reid all saying, like, look, this is a fever dream of Donald Trump. It, you know, it's not, it's not a real it thing. Here we go. We've seen a pattern where government officials have. Uh, Hey, not, we, we, we okay, here's Joy Reid. We give it uh, gives a speech tonight in which he makes it sound like it's the biggest issue in the United States. The biggest threat is MS-13, a gang that nobody that doesn't watch Fox News has ever heard of. So he makes it sound like they're the biggest threat. Uh, then we have another, I believe. Uh, we've also seen that this is ACLU. We've also seen a pattern where government officials have wrongly labeled young migrants and gang members with false and unsubstantiated claims, hyping the threat of groups like MS-13 and threatening the rights of young innocent people. Uh, and there may be third. Yeah, uh, uh, this is Trump again, as he warned again and again about the dangers posed by MS-13 members and, and uh, the need for a wall to keep them out. Killings connected to the gang were plummeting in many of the areas where MS-13 had been most active. Well, that's fascinating because people are just rushing here because of MS-13. Uh, I don't understand exactly how those things can connect. They say MS-13 is not an issue when Trump talks about it, yet that is the entire issue why we're having the border crisis in the first place. And if you think it's just because, well, they're talking about Honduras and not here, here's the truth about MS-13. In America, uh, they are responsible for a murder, a murder at the rate of 4.3 times as, uh, as much as all school shootings combined in this country. They are murdering people. A lot of times they'll say, well, they're only murdering, murdering certain types of people. 
That's them saying that. If we were to say that, I don't know what we would be accused of. Certainly racism to start. But they're basically saying, well, they're killing lesser people and you shouldn't worry about it. Well, I do worry about it. When there's 4.3 times the amount of murders of any type of citizen here in the United States, I'm going to worry about it. Uh, and it's happening here. It is happening in Honduras as well. But we are not equipped to deal with what they're, what they're coming uh, at us with. And one of the reasons we're not equipped to deal with MS-13 is because the, the media is not telling us the truth about it. Mm. All right. Back in a minute. I love the, the school shooting statistic. They're like, okay, so we want to take away everyone's guns. Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze TV subscribers. Not a subscriber? Start your free trial at blazetv.com. All right, a, uh, a group of Planned Parenthood supporters at the University of Texas in San Antonio uh, hijacked a Students for Life rally. And here is just a short clip of what they had to say. I have an abortion! Look, there's mine right there. Look, there's mine right there. I'm just so sweaty. I got pregnant, so I had to get an abortion. Jesus, I And so for those listening on podcast, um, there is actually a it's a little uh, grassy area where there are crosses that are set in the ground to represent all of the people who uh, have died in an abortion. Of course, all of the babies uh, that have been aborted and the girl that you heard saying, look, that's mine over there, was pointing to uh, the one of the crosses in the ground to represent and say, look, that that's my dead baby that's buried right there. Pretty classy. Pretty classy. I mean, uh, this, this is where this is the conversation that we're having yeah, in 2019. I know. Well, look, I mean, they, someone like that is not savable. <laughs> I mean, at least for me. Uh, you know, maybe God's got a way to do that. I don't know how you do that. Um, however, I will say, generally speaking, for the pro-life cause, I think things like that are a real positive. I, I mean, agree. the fact that people are going to come out and not make a nuanced argument for it or try to say, look, we think this is bad, but uh, the alternative is worse. Instead, just saying, yeah, no, we are embracing that. We think it's really a great idea for people to go out and, and abort children. That is not a popular sentiment among Americans. And if that's the, the sort of the face of the movement that they want to project, I think that's positive in a lot of ways. I, in a lot of ways, I think the same thing about someone like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I mean, I think she gets, you know, sort of beat up politically on the right because... You know, she's a socialist and all these things. Also good. she's stupid. Well, she's a moron. Uh, but good. I mean, a, 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 a silly... A stupid face uh, who, had, who was going to come out and admit that she's a socialist is a great argument against socialism. I don't think people are long term are going to want to associate their, herself, though, you know, some people do. But I like when they're coming out and saying they're socialist. I, it's the same thing with Bernie. I mean, Bernie's obviously looks like a mad professor. But the idea that he's coming out and saying he's a socialist, if that works in America, then we've chosen our own fate. And I'd rather have an argument, a clean argument like that. Socialism versus something else. Uh, capitalism would be nice. Uh, but it would be nice to have people that come out and just admit they're socialists. Because we've had, you know, these policies that we talk about with Ocasio-Cortez and Sanders are not that far out of the mainstream of where every normal Democrat that has run for office uh, would stand if given, left to their own devices. If they thought they could get away with it. They'd all say they want Medicare for all. They'd all say they want these things done. But they, they don't want it admitted because they didn't think they could get away with it. Now they think they can. And it's up to America to decide whether that's true. This is a, it's, it's a perfect... Uh it's a perfect lesson to be learned, I think, if you're a pro-life, you know, activist. And uh, there's a lot of ways to do it. Uh, there's a million ways to do it well. 
Um, and there's a whole lot of ways that they screw it up and, and they become exactly like what you just yes. saw. Mm -hmm. um, we've all seen videos and it's been used against the pro-life movement yeah. where they're going crazy, you know, and, and basically just doing exactly the same oh. thing that you saw right there. Mm -hmm. That is not the way to do it. And uh, you just helped the other side's cause right there. All that did was just help the pro-life movement. That's yeah. all it did. Totally. I mean, every, every Super Bowl, the, the fetus truck is there. Fetus truck is always at the Super Bowl, and the fetus truck has big pictures of fetuses on the side, and then they get out and they have like, you know, the fetuses and like, you know, Grim Reaper costumes. I mean, in the uh, Unplanned movie, uh, there's a scene where there's like, someone dressed in a Grim, Grim Reaper um, outfit protesting against, on the, on the correct side of the issue as far as I'm concerned, on a pro-life cause, but doing it in a really ridiculous way. And Abby who, Johnson, who's the, you know, the, the movie tells her story, pointed out something I thought was really interesting and it's true, which is when people protest like that, the Planned Parenthood worker comes out to the car and meets the girl at the car, and she's the one providing the safety. She's the one providing the place that is shielded from chaos. The, the, the abortion clinic, mm -hmm. they're on the side where the, the woman who's in a, in a difficult situation and about to make a, uh, a very important and I think really wrong decision uh, with her future, and the future of somebody else as well, uh, who is uh, growing inside of her, uh, sees the you know people yelling and screaming things at her, and just naturally as a human, you're going to go to the person who's who's nurturing and saying it's okay, come inside, honey, we'll keep you safe. Yeah. And uh, we should not be on that side of the argument, especially if, especially if you're coming at it from a, a place of faith. I mean, that's one of the you know, central messages of the stuff. The and again for that from that movie, I thought one of the most uh, what I what I wanted to see more of, and I want to see more people doing is when Abby Johnson was like, "Look, can I just tell you what really happens in there?" Yeah. When she was like, like it was just very calm, you know, through the fence. She was like, "This is why they're not going to show. They're not going to." Um, she was like, this is the first step. They're going to take a sonogram, but you're not going to be able to see it. Why can't you see it? Because of this. I was like, that's what more people need to hear about. I had never heard most of that stuff before. But information over just, you know, yeah. that, what we just saw. Hysterics. Like, that trumps it every single time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we, we always talk, I mean, we're all about talking about movies, although the Abby Johnson story is actually a true story. But, I mean, Juno is the same thing. I mean, Juno goes in there to, to get her abortion, and, they, and her, one of her, the protesters who she knows says something about the baby has fingernails already, and that's what weirds, weirds her out enough to leave. And, I, you know, sometimes, like, it's obviously an emotional decision, right? Like, you're not, I, I don't think rationally you can sit back and say, well, the best thing we should do is just eliminate this baby's life because I can't currently care for it when there's millions of people who are trying to adopt. Like, that is not a rational viewpoint. It's an emotional one. It's, the emotions are understanding there, are, are understandable. But uh, that doesn't mean that you, you, you I was going to say pull the trigger, but it actually does kind of fit there. You just, you just remind me, like, just, just letting their, in the, again, it's a movie, but just letting the mother know that there's fingernails. Oh, you humanized yeah. the baby, mm -hmm. which is everything they try to do is dehumanize. Mm -hmm. A clump of cells. Oh, it's just a fetus, not a baby. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, not a real human being. Uh, they're trying to dehumanize. The more and more that you let them know, this is a human being. This is not some random object that could grow out, come out being a pencil or something like that. It's not, not a, a Volkswagen. It's not? No, it's none of those things. Huh. Stunning. I know. You can never, you're never going to be able to drive it. I Science, man. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, all right. So we ran a special, when was it? A couple weeks ago about Joe Biden mm -hmm. and how corrupt he was. And who was it uh, that you had on that called him the most corrupt politician? Uh, Peter Schweitzer. Yeah. Peter Schweitzer. He wrote the book uh, Hidden Empires yeah. and also Clinton Cash and a bunch of others. Yeah. Um, so he, his past, if you look into it, is just absolutely insane. Uh, Blaze Peter TV Schweitzer's was, past. No, I'm, okay. I'm sorry, Joe Biden. Good. Oh, I mean, maybe Peter Schweitzer. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't looked into him. But uh, so, you know, it's, it's right there. We were on top of it. Blaze TV was on top of it. 
finally, the mainstream media is kind of attaching themselves to uh, the business dealings in the Ukraine with Hunter Biden and everything that, you know, we covered in in the special. But it's interesting because um, the, the headlines read Biden faces conflict of interest questions that are being promoted by Trump. And allies, dun dun dun. So it must not be true. Right. It's just these Republicans are conspiracy seizing theories. Again. Yes, they're yeah. seizing. They're mm-hmm. pouncing. Yes, they always pounce and seize those Republicans. <laughs> yeah, I mean this is all factually backed up. It's really easy to you know to to look it up and check out the information. You can see if you think it's true or not. I mean I think. They are seeing a situation politically where they lost control of the Clinton thing, and and if you read the story, that I think believe that story is from Politico. The author is essentially warning mainstream outlets: don't do this again. Don't give it credibility. Last time, 60 Minutes covered Peter Schweitzer's claims. Last time, New York Times covered his claims. Don't 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 go after them again because this hurt us last time. And look what we got. And for them, you know, they're thinking this is the worst thing that's ever happened to them is Donald Trump as president. So they're saying, let's all stick together on this one and ignore it or demean it. That's uh, not what you're supposed to do as a journalist. I, I don't know. If, I didn't go. I did not go to college for journalism, um, but I do. Uh, I, I, don't I don't think, think any of them did either. Yeah, quite frankly, I, I don't think that's supposed to be part but of it. That's standard fare for the mainstream yeah. media and every Democrat. It's absolutely insane. Do you think that Trump was caught? Let, let's say if William Barr was caught and Fast and the Furious, that they would just let it go and it would go, and they wouldn't follow that all the way to no. its conclusion. Absolutely not. I mean, this is there's way more to this Biden thing than there is to Trump business in Russia. Right. I mean, it, like, and it's not even it's not even remotely close. We're talking billions of dollars yeah. that changed hands over these deals between China and Ukraine. And I, you know, look, I think they're going to try to ignore it. It's it's convoluted enough of a story that they may get away with that. I mean, it's not easy to. You have to really spend some time with it. That's why we posted that uh, Ukraine episode for free, so people could kind of watch it and watch it again and share it, because it takes a little bit of digestion Mm -hmm. to be able to get through that story, but it's a pretty serious one. Yeah. Uh, Remember, you can tweet us your uh, comments and questions using the hashtag TheBlazeY. I know Stu really appreciates it when people ask him really super personal questions, Mm -hmm. so just use the hashtag TheBlazeY for those questions. Uh, Today, we have a comment from world-renowned Egg Shaker, Mm -hmm. and it's just (laughs) about what we were just discussing about uh, Joe Biden. He's showing us this headline, Lock Her Up, Redo, Biden's Son Becomes the Right's New Target. Huh, that spin is really, really interesting there. The right's new target. Or maybe we're just looking at actual facts that you can actually look up when you're a real journalist and you do real journalism work and putting them together. Either way, you know. And this one in particular, I wouldn't say there's a a smoking gun for sure that we have on, on this. There's a lot of impropriety that is really, you know, it's highly questionable. We, these, these events definitely occurred. Yes. You know, and when you put them you together believe, in context. Right, like you could look at it and say, okay, well, his son that was completely un- inexperienced in this field just got a billion dollars from these companies. Uh, at the same exact time, there was an important negotiation going on with his dad, who's the vice president. You could think those things are completely disconnected, I suppose. Right. Right. But I don't know. It seems pretty obvious to me that there was something going on. In that book, he goes... Uh, uh, Schweizer goes into like all the different like shady dealings that all kinds of the presidents and other members in government have been involved in. A lot of times it's just it's not it's not illegal. Yeah, so, no, yeah. And, th- there's there's pure corruption uh, mm-hmm. cases that you can make. But I think a lot of times the reason why a lot of this doesn't come out is because there's kind of like a handshake, hidden handshake deal that they just don't discuss this type of stuff. Yeah. Because they can't make money. Let's say like uh, if the, the let's say back in the Obama, Obama could uh, and uh, he would have to. Uh, report if Michelle 
uh, you know, brought in, you know, money from right. what, whatever. But they wouldn't have to d- disclose the money that their two kids got for mm-hmm. something if Which they were old really enough. really suspicious because they were very young. That's what I was going to say, if they, if they were old <laughs> yeah. enough. Um, but they also wouldn't have to dec- disclose how much money that their uncles or aunts or best friends mm-hmm. uh, came in. So, in again, he hits Obama pretty hard on this, but he shows all the different deals. When he would go after the coal industry, he would have a best friend that would come in and start investing in all those coal industries as their stock prices went down. Then if he didn't do anything and he backed off of it, stock prices went back up, his best friend got rich, and he would sell all that off. It absolutely it did the same thing with like uh, drilling, uh, you know, uh, platform drilling, exact same thing. It's, it's a extremely, extremely shady. Yeah. And to that point, too, I mean, Schweitzer wrote an entire book about like the Bush family. Like, I mean, he, with very similar accusations of, of corruption, and it wasn't just the Bush family, it was a lot of, but it was figures on the, you know, sort of uh, establishment right. Uh, so he's not, he doesn't just go after uh, Democrats. That's the stuff that's had more attention uh, put to it. But I mean, he goes, he's gone after both. If we knew how much, how involved this was and how rampant it is, if you, if you followed every single politician in our government, I bet we would be horrified on the oh, amount yeah. of that crap. Mm-hmm. The, the larger the government gets, the more corrupt it gets. Mm-hmm. Uh, All right. Today's poll. What is your favorite Trump nickname? Um, Let us know what you think. I I could read you what the choices are, but I want to leave you in suspense. Good idea. And have you right? Go Mm -hmm. to the Blaze's Twitter. (laughs) That is at the Blaze to find out what the what the choices are and vote in the poll. And that's it from us. We'll see you tomorrow. I know this is not the popular point, but I don't think his nicknames are the reason he won the election. I know everyone seems to think that, that these brilliant nicknames won the guy of the election. I do not. Thanks for listening to the News and Why It Matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.